Open up to Acts chapter 2, please. Acts chapter 2, one of my favourite passages. And while you turn there, my name is Marty Padmos. I love Jesus. I have a wife and four boys. I help run Ignite Youth in this church. I fly helicopters for a living and I am really proud and happy and, and privileged to be here and share this morning. Excellent. This is my heart. This message is from my heart to your heart. It's something that God has been doing in my heart and he's been doing a big number on me. Um, essentially what I'm going to be doing this morning is just vomiting that out all over you guys. <laughs> so it could well and truly get messy. <laughs> We need to keep the main thing the main thing. Yeah. It makes sense, doesn't it? Like, it's not the first time you've heard it, but we all need one overall focus, the tip of the spear. This is not new to you. You've all heard it before to keep your one thing the one thing, or the main thing the main thing. But yet we get so easily distracted There's a few times in my life where I've had to discipline my kids. Just a few times. I've got four boys, they're all fireworks. And they need discipline every now and then. I remember one time I saw something and later in that day after it all settled down, I was in the car with this particular child, just me and him. And, you know, I just brought it up. Hey, mate, you know, what happened there? You know, this, this and this, and you know, I was just, just giving it to him. Just, you know, preaching the word and trying to get on his level and you know, just theoretically putting my hands around his face and just cupping him and just, mate, you know, do you understand? You know, I, I, do, you, do you get it of why I'm talking to you now? And he says, Dad, I've been looking at this cloud, it looks like a butterfly. Can you see it? <laughs> I'm like, wow, good chap. Good, good chap, glad that you really sunk in. We get so easily distracted. So let's pray. Yeah. God, I thank you so much for your time this morning where we can share your word and just talk about your gospel. Lord, give us wisdom and understanding. Give us accountability to our responsibilities. Make my words this morning be from your Holy Spirit, making you look good, Lord, giving you all the praise and the glory. It's all about you. In your name, amen question that we're going to answer this morning is what is truth? What side are we on? What do we believe? What do I fight for? What do I go into bat for? Which mountain do I plant my flag on? What is truth? That's what we're going to answer this morning. What is truth? I looked up the synonym, synonym of truth. And I got in Google, veracity. Ooh, that's a good word, isn't it? Now I have no idea what it means. <laughs> so let's skip that one. Truthfulness, verity, sincerity, candor. I'm guessing it means truth as well. Honesty, genuineness. And then there was gospel. And then came gospel truth. So I'm a youth speaker, predominantly. So I've got a three-point message for you. 
Now, I've got to make them easy because generally youth have about a seven-minute attention span. So my first, or three points, is truth equals gospel. My second is truth equals gospel. And in my third is truth equals gospel. So let's look at my first truth equals the gospel. Let's look at what it says. Let's read it. We're on Acts chapter 2. Now, I haven't got time. This is like a four-week message just in this chapter, but I haven't got time for that. So I'm going to skip. I'm going to go from here to there. Hopefully we've got on the screen, which we do. I'm reading from the NLT this morning because there's not as many big words in it. Okay. Acts chapter 2, and I'm going to be telling you where to go, but starting at verse 1. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. Skip to seven. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee. Verse 12. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk, that's all. Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. And then Peter talks about Joel's prophecy. And at the end, in 21, but everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. Peter of Israel. Peter, people of Israel, listen, Peter says. God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders and signs through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of the lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to the cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grips. Talks a bit more about David's prophecy. And in 32, Peter continues... God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to, the, to be exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as you had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. David's prophecy. And then our focus gets to 36 and onwards to the rest of the chapter. This is our focus for today. So 36 in Acts chapter 2. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified to be both Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brother, what shall we do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptised in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you 
and to your children and even to the Gentiles, all who have been called by the name of our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourself from this crooked generation. Those who believed what Peter said were baptised and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. 42. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple. Each day met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. This is God's word. Wow. What does it say? Luke is recording what Peter said and what happened afterwards. It's a long way of saying the truth has always been Jesus is the Messiah and you killed him. But, Peter always, also continues, the good news is repent and be baptised and follow him. That's what it's saying. That's my first gospel or truth equals gospel. Second, truth equals gospel is what is the response? Let's read again quickly in 36 to 42. 36 to 42. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified to both Lord and Messiah. Now their response. Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? After hearing all the evidence that Peter's been giving them for the case against or for the Messiah of Jesus, they ask, what should we do? Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptised in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you and to your children and even to the Gentiles, all who have been called by the name of our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time. So Peter's given me permission to preach for a long time. Strongly urging all his listeners, save yourself from this crooked generation. Those who believe what Peter said were baptised and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. 42, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. What's their response? Repent, believe and be baptised. When the gospel is heard, believed and experienced, it reorders our priorities. It changes our ongoing life. It's not just a momentary decision. Repentance is an identification 
for a desperate need. My sins put Jesus on the cross. I'm a broken person that needs restoration. Repent and be baptised, Peter says. Baptism is a public line in the sand. When you get baptised, you're saying, I'm placing all my faith in Jesus to forgive my sins. And I want everyone to know about it. It's a public demonstration that I have turned away from my life about me. I have repented and now I am following Jesus. They turned away from their life and turned to a life that revolved around the gospel. The gospel centralised them. Because the only real truth that we have in this life is the gospel. The truth equals the gospel. Let's look at my third and final truth equals the gospel. And this one here I've titled, What is the Fruit? So we've looked at what does it say? We've looked at what was their response? And now we're looking at what is the fruit of them hearing the truth and realising it's the gospel. How do we know the truth equals the gospel? How do we know? Let's look at the fruit. Let's look at verses 42 to 47. 42 to 47. Let's read it again. Because I can't say it better than this. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep, a deep sense of awe came over them all and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being baptised. So once they heard the gospel, they believed it. What do they do? They devoted themselves to hearing the gospel, to fellowshipping with like-minded people and to prayer. All came over all of them after they heard the gospel. They witnessed miraculous signs and wonders, did life together and shared everything they had with each other. They worshipped together daily, met in homes, shared meals with great joy and generosity, all while praising God. And then the Lord added their numbers. That sounds like heaven on earth to me. Wouldn't it be amazing to be a part of that time, that scene? Ah, oh, the joy. It just gives me the he oh, it gives me the shivers just thinking about being in that presence, that community. 
They heard the gospel, believed the gospel, lived the gospel. Why? Because they devoted themselves to listening to the gospel. And that changed their hearts. Number 11 on supporting 40, Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is alive and powerful. He is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. We'll be learning that to store it in our heart this year. They were so in love and so thankful for what Jesus had done for them. They sowed the gospel in their community, in and around their lives, and let it, the truth, the gospel, do the talking. They, they did not. I can't see anywhere, and I've read it so, so, so many times. But they did not in this church on earth, they did not trash talk their fellow citizens for persecuting them. They did not trash talk the governing body for mandating what they could or could not do. The Pharisees were trying to discredit them, disperse them. People who didn't understand ridiculed them to their faces. But they did not post memes on social media belittling or belittling the injustices, belittling the organisations of their world who were against them. They did not draw memes and post on their local billboards. No. Instead, what do they do? Let's read it again in verse 42 onwards. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to hearing the gospel, and to the fellowship, and to the sharing of meals, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill. Other versions say favour, enjoying the favour of the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Again, heaven on earth. The gospel demands a response in a point of time. But it does not stay there. It does not stay in that point of time. It's ongoing. It's daily. Our lives with God is daily. It's a relationship. Which is why I can't recommend some sort of Bible reading challenge. Some of us in this church do a Bible reading challenge, which I think is called To the Word. And it's 
Uh, there are about six chapters every day for nine months. We read the whole Bible in nine months. Then over the winter months, three months, we read the New Testament again. And the Bible reading challenge is a big challenge. And it takes creativity to get it done. I mow the lawns and I'm doing the gardening. I'm driving the car and I try and listen to it throughout the day. And then when I'm putting the kids to bed, they like me to, well, they like Lauren to read the Bible to them. So we read some of it then as well to them. It puts them to sleep. We have to get creative. We have to get creative when we, when we read it because if we're doing that throughout the day, six chapters is so much to do in one sitting, so you've got to do it throughout the day, which means you're meditating on it all day. It takes a daily, daily walk with God to be able to understand and get the fruit of what he's trying to put down in the Word. I can't recommend it highly enough. And if you can't do all six, just do the first one and tick all the others off so you feel good. You've got ticks. <laughs> I don't care. Don't feel that you have to catch up. Just start from today. And the supportive 40 that I'm trying to encourage the youth to do, it's a snack. It's chocolate. It's one verse they're learning. But the Bible reading challenge or getting the whole chapter is the full meal. We want snacks. I love snacks. I love chocolate. But I also want a full meal. We need to plant our life on the gospel. Post your flag in the gospel. You know, when someone discovers a new destination or conquers a mountain... What do they do? Even this morning, my kids were watching YouTube this morning and someone was climbing this massive mountain. I don't even know what it's called, but he had his American flag on his shoulder, which was enormous. It would have been so hard to carry all the way to the top. What did he do when he got to the top? He posted that flag at the top to say he's conquered it, that he spent the time and was diligent and had learned about this mountain. He conquered this mountain. He posted the flag in the top of the mountain. Let's post our flag in the gospel. Let it be known that we love the gospel, that we love what Jesus has done for us on the cross by dying for us and bridging that gap between us sinners and God. He's the only one that can bridge that gap. Let it be known that we love him for that. We love the gospel. That's what will encourage others to learn about and to read what Jesus has done for us. Let's love Jesus as hard as we can for as long as we can and let him deal with the rest. Let's love Jesus as hard as we can for as long as we can. Let him deal with the rest. The church in his acts did just that. They loved Jesus as hard as they could for as long as they could and let him deal with the rest. They allowed Jesus to convict and to encourage, and to open up doors, and to allow Jesus to show miraculous signs and wonders, and, and to convict people who need to sell something, or to give something, or to give an offering. It was Jesus who did all that, through the gospel. Term three, this year, in week two, we're also going to be looking at Mark 12, 30 to 31 in our supporty 40. And we're going to be storing this in our hearts as to use as ammunition whenever we get distracted. 
Mark 12, 30 to 31. Love the Lord with all, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is love your neighbor as yourself. There are no other command greater than these. We want to store the gospel in our hearts, to use as ammunition. Because the only real truth that we have is the gospel. Everything else will come and go. Seasons come and go. Whatever stuff that we have on in this world at the moment will come and it will go. The only thing that has an eternal impact is the gospel. The only thing that will stick around for eternity is the gospel. Everything else is fading Now, I'm just going to finish there. I'll get Tim to come up. Maybe this has struck a chord with some of you this morning. After hearing the truth, after hearing the gospel this morning from what Peter is saying in Acts, maybe the Holy Spirit is working on your heart. Maybe you want or need to centralise your life around the truth that is the gospel. And let everything else be filtered through the gospel. Maybe you've heard, repent and be baptised. Maybe it's your turn and it's something that you've had in your heart for a while. Maybe it's your turn to be baptised, to make a public declaration that you're putting your hope in Jesus Christ to forgive your sins and bridge that gap between you and God, giving you eternal hope. If the Holy Spirit is doing something in your heart this morning, I pray that you'll have the courage to step up and make that public declaration. I want to pray with you and there's elders and people in the church who want to pray with you and encourage you. If you don't feel comfortable talking to me or them, talk to anyone. Come up with someone else, a friend, Come up with anyone and just talk to me or the elders or someone you love and know. And let us encourage you to jump on board this gospel wagon and keep it at the centre and the tip of your spear. Let everything else be filtered through the gospel. Let's plant our flag in the gospel and let everything else God deal with. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you, Lord, that your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, your word is the only one who will stick around. Lord, we have so many distractions on this earth, so many things that draw our attention away from you. Lord, I pray that as we do this life, Lord, we put your gospel, your hope, your example, Lord, 
your truth at the forefront of our mind, Lord. We read your word that reminds us every day important and what will last. Lord, I pray that we will gather around with people who will encourage us to read your word, who will encourage us with this daily walk with you. Lord, I pray that we will surround our minds and our souls and our strength with things that will encourage us, Lord, in regards to the music we listen to and the movies we watch and the words that come out of our mouths. Lord, I pray that the gospel is stored in our hearts that we can use as ammunition this year, Lord, to encourage ourselves when we get down, to encourage ourselves when we get distracted. Lord, surround us. Surround us with your bubble of peace. That is your gospel. I love you and I thank you and I praise you and I give you all the glory and all, all the strength. In your name, amen.